Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you by Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest, Hepburn and McDonald. Creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Kingsley rolls to the boys, back to Kingsley. Carlson towards no, the lovely no, effort. No, 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 Kingsley magic! Hello and welcome to episode 230 already of Scars Around the Funnel a podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. I am not Laurie Dunsar. He's attending to far more important matters. I'm just Mark Donaldson, a former Hearts TV and now ESPN commentator. But before introducing today's guest, I just want to pass on huge congratulations to Laurie and his partner Gail following the birth of their son, the latest junior jambo, Callum Lewis Dunsar. A new baby boy and not having to attend for park on Sunday to watch that pish quite the weekend for Mr. Dunsire. To our guests. Ewan Murray, Ewan Murray. Yes, we have a bit of fun on Twitter because all the criticism I get goes to Ewan and then he answers. You don't get criticism. <laughs> <laughs> don't you believe it? He's a, a really nice man, uh, Ewan, tremendous journalist. Big heart supporter, those of you back in Scotland. He's a, he's a jam tart and has been since a young lad. So the big question is, the golf <laughs> correspondent for The Guardian, but not Sky's golf <clears throat> commentator. Hello, Ewan Murray. And what's the most accurate part of that? And what's the most dishonest part of what Ewan Murray said about Ewan Murray? I know the nicest thing, nicest set of compliments I've ever received, actually. I was quite taken aback. You know mm. that um, Sky's Ewan Murray's father was actually a good friend of Willie Bald. Oh, there you are. There's a there's a uh, tenuous or not Hearts connection. You're starting. You're starting all guns blazing. I mean, <laughs> don't start the way the way you mean to continue because it's impossible to get better than that. Hello, uh, how are you? I, yes, I am. I'm, I'm very well. I uh, saw the I saw the clip of um, of Ewan. But I didn't let it listen to the uh, the sound, so I just thought, oh, golf friends with Rory McIlroy, how cute, uh, know. without, uh, without knowing what their context was. I know that. Oh, no, that's, man. A, that's, a, that, that, that's a given, that stuff, that's old news. See, now I know what, how Laurie Dunsar gets annoyed when the, when the rest of the guests just go off tangent. I haven't even fucking introduced you yet. The football writer <laughs> from The Scotsman and star of BBC Scotland's A View from the Terrace. Although I thought, because I didn't see him on at the weekend. Hello, Joel Sked. Hello, no, I was, um, I was put on the subs bench for the weekend, so. Um, I believe the show got um, much better at my absence, which makes a lot of sense. So hold on here. Borthwick, from Hearts TV fame, was kind of a just bring him on when there's 10 minutes to fill guy, and now he's the mainstay, and, and you're the substitute off the bench. Is that how it works? I, I, wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I, think I'm still, uh, I think I'm still a key player in the starting lineup. 
I would agree. I would agree. So hello to you and Murray. Hello to Joel Sked. And congratulations to Laurie Dunsar. Fabulous bit of news to welcome Callum Lewis Dunsar to the world. Um, he was unable to hang on to be born after that shite at Fur Park. Um, so that, that was his first game. So no Dunsar this week. That means Donaldson's not only in charge, but also in charge of the purse strings. So I've been to the shops. And with the Forest Hepburn and McDonald's sponsor money that Laurie's been hiding for months, I've brought a, ba- a brand new pishometer. Ewan, on a pishometer scale of 1 to 10, where does that heart's performance rank at Fur Park? Uh, where 1 is what and 10 is what? Pish and pishest. Uh, yeah, it was up there. It was, um, I mean, it's, quite, it's interesting, and, and I'm maybe increasingly taken aback sometimes but to, by the reactions to these performance. But I mean, I, I've seen Hearts Away, we've all seen Hearts Away performances like that down the years umpteen times. Like it, it's not, it's not a completely new phenomenon. You know, we've been in that movie so many times, but I think when there's a sense, A, that the rest of the league isn't very good, which I completely subscribe to, and B, that Hearts are in a pretty good position, you know, the, the club and the team is in a good place. I think a performance like that Stings people more, mm-hmm. and people say, "What the, what the, you know, happened there?" And, and I think a lot of that has happened over the last, um, whatever, twenty four, thirty six hours. But it was, yeah, it was grim. There was not, apart from Xander Clark, I don't think any player in the team did themselves justice. A tweet from Sunday, Joel Sked at Sked twenty one. Another top flight away game without a win. Three wins from thirteen in the league away from Tynecastle this season. In the last twenty eight top flight campaigns, Hearts averaged five point two five away wins. The fact that Motherwell two Hearts nil and the the lack of application and lack of a lot of things from Hearts happened. But how big a surprise was it, Joel? Because this season. I think you could say we've been as good as we've needed to be, but not as good as we can be on a number of occasions. Yes, I've been... Um, I think during the season we've played some really good stuff at times and we've actually been pretty entertaining. We've been involved in some of the best games, certainly the most entertaining games in the Premiership this season. Look at the Celtic 4-3 game. Look at us beating Dundee United at this... Uh, was it, no, sorry. Mullowell uh, 3-2... Um, was it Dundee United? Um, but we've, we've been involved in, or uh, sorry, Mullywell and St Johnson were the games I was thinking of. We've uh, been involved in uh, a lot of good performances. Again, at Tynecastle, the reason I'm not surprised is because I have been a Hearts fan for, what, um, two and a half decades or so. I know that we uh, have the tendency to uh, turn one of those performances in away from home. I think this one, going back to what, referring to what Ewan said, stung a bit more is because the, the kind of standards, the levels are expected of this Hearts team are much higher than in, in, in previous campaigns. So yeah, we've, we've in the context of this season, that was by far the worst, hmm. um, worst performance. Uh, I, without trying to sound like Alex McLeish after Scotland <laughs> were beat 3-0 by Kazakhstan, um, I thought hmm. we actually started uh, quite well, um, really controlled. The um, the cost sixty seconds. Yeah, got a foothold into the game for what the eight minutes, and then as soon as Motherwell kind of sussed us out, that was that was it. We had no answer, which was which was pretty concerning. This seems a thing. 
Ewan, about sussing hearts out. I think it probably goes back to the St Mirren game in Paisley yeah. when they decided to put two on Snodgrass. Are we too easy to second-guess now the way we play? Um, certainly, I think the Snodgrass position is an issue, and you're right, St Mirren were the first team to kind of latch on to that, hunted them in packs, and it, and it caused a problem. I, I would just say that... that um, and this isn't a criticism, actually, because the team's been pretty ruthless, and, and that's, a, that's a good thing. Off the top of my head, you know, since the Hibs game in the, in the second of January, which you have to say was very good, I would argue first half at Easter Road was poor. First half against the United was poor. They were lucky not to be to be two or three down, actually, and that red card did them a favour. The Rangers game was <laughs> shocking where to start, and, and you've covered that. Um, I tend to write off games at Livingston because I think, I, I think they're all awful, but maybe I shouldn't. That, that wasn't very good. Um there's another couple. So, Hamilton. Yeah, you said, uh, yeah, Hamilton was fine. I, mean, I, I thought they were very comfortable against Hamilton. That was fine. Um, but they should be. Um, the first half in Paisley, poor. Um, and funnily enough, the Aberdeen game, I, I would argue, despite beating Aberdeen 5-0, um, Aberdeen were not as poor in that game as Hearts were against no, Rangers. Only lost, mm-hmm. only lost. Only lost. Only lost. All I'm trying to say is, uh, there have been traces of performances not quite been up there. And now, now Robbie and... and you know, the management could argue we're getting results, we're scoring goals, what are you worrying about? That That's fine, and I kind of take that point, but I think there have been um, elements of performance in games leading up to Motherwell that suggested something like that could happen. It just so happened they lost two bad goals, and for the first, you know, uh, you know, normally Shankman scores or there's goals in the team and, and they can make up for it. It, it, it didn't happen. No facet mm-hmm. of, of play worked, and, and, and they paid for it, but I don't think it's as big a shock. And actually, I think... A lot of supporters going to games would agree with me. It's not as big a shock as maybe you know some would some would portray. No, I, I don't think it is. Now, look, I'd much rather be sitting here discussing how poor Hearts were from the position of third than a yeah. Dundee United position. So the bigger picture is the body of work so far this season, specifically results rather than performances, isn't too bad. However, well, they've lost. They've lost. Eight, I think I'm right in saying eight league defeats in twenty six. That's that's pretty good, right? Yeah, you can you can look you can you know what it's like with stats. You're in your golf, and we're we're all in the football. You can make stats work with your narrative, but um, I think with with this, you can't just say, "Oh, well, it's it's just a blip." But what you can say is, we have bounced back from blips this season, and we bounced back pretty well following a shitty performance. After the Rangers game that we lost 3-0, we won 3-1 against Dundee United, albeit the first half wasn't good. So mm-hmm. I think it's important that we analyse for part, we analyse what went wrong, and we, we try and put it right. So let's get to it. Forrest Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Okay, Mr. Dunsar with Baby in Arms in charge of the scarves around the funnel Twitter account simply said after the game it wasn't good enough. So what needs to change? What went wrong at Far Park today? Now, every single response to that I have written down. I want to try and get through this pretty quickly. But if there's anything that either Joel or, or Ewan feels that needs to be discussed a little bit more, please feel free 
to chime into any of these responses. Ian McLeod, let's start with him. Is there someone in the centre of the team that can play a forward pass? Kingsley and Rolls were capable early on in the season, but not these days. Midfield seems to me to be a bit more comfortable going backwards or sideways. Possession-based football is fine, but not at the tempo we play at. Mr Ewan Murray. Uh, yes, Ian's... <laughs> Ian's got quite a few points rolled up in one there. Can they pass the ball forward? Yes. Um, I don't think, without getting too boring and technical, I don't think a midfield that includes Robert Snodgrass, who seems to have to get the ball every time Hearts are starting to play. I mean, he hasn't played this position throughout his career. And, right. and there now seems to be a, a reliance on him. The ball has to go to him. And as we touched on earlier, A, it can be a bit slow, and B, teams can shut him down and stop him playing anyway. I think that's a problem, and and I think we'll go on to a debate about three at the back versus four at the back. But mm-hmm. I think when it's only Snodgrass and, for example, Devlin, and then your wing backs are, you know, in, in that system, you need your wing backs to really help you out. But not when that, as it was on Sunday, is Michael Smith and Alex Cochran. I, I think they're full backs. I, I don't think that's their their job or their role, and and it just becomes more pronounced and more of a problem. And, and funny enough, at half time, Devlin had a poor first half. There's no doubt about that. I would have helped the midfield, not not taken him off and add George Grant, who I, I kind of think should play anyway. Again, a different point. But I think the midfield needed a, a, a Keel, for example, who seems to be the kind of forgotten man. It was a game for him to come in and play and for Grant. They needed to supplement the midfield. I, I just think they ended up far too exposed. And I think, as is becoming a bit of a, a theme, I think the way Snodgrass is playing and the reliance on Snodgrass is a bit of an issue and, and something that other teams are, are, are sussing out. Yeah, he. I think Snodgrass. I've, I've really enjoyed watching him this this season, and I almost feel he tries to take on too much responsibility. And his personality is such that he demands the ball at all times. He said this after the St. Mirren game, where he was or a few times where he was really unhappy with the defence for not passing him to it, even when he was under pressure by Gogic and one other. And then it feels like. The, the certainly the back line feel like they need to go through Snodgrass because he's always asking for it and it's almost like oh uh, Snodgrass is asking for a better pass to him rather than sometimes just ignoring him and going longer there's a few times against Motherwell where Civic just went straight to Shankland and Hearts were able to get good advantage uh, Snodgrass certainly can play forward but it's very difficult for him to do so when he's got um, boys who can run all day um, hearing up his uh, hearing up his behind um, Devlin wow. hearing up his behind. Okay, it just has connotations, mental images of various things, Joel. But hearing up his behind. Okay, but was a, a good way, good way to put it. There's uh, there's a lot yeah. of uh, midfielders in Scotland who hear about uh, effectively. Um, you've got George, George Grant's <laughs> been. I think thought he had a positive impact off the bench at Far Park. Thought he was really good against Hamilton. Coming on to a game, I think Cammy Devlin for all his um, for all his positives on the ball, he is very erratic. And when we have the ball a lot, it can be frustrating watching him because I think he slows the play down. His decision making in possessions not the greatest. And like you and said, he's when you have. Devlin, who's maybe erratic with the ball, and then Snodgrass, who is man marked constantly. You do need help in there. You yes. need a, a third, a third player. So yeah, that's um, that has been an issue, and not just that wasn't just uh, a far park issue as well. 
No, it's an issue that we've discussed on this podcast and on the various other Hearts podcasts has been discussed for a few weeks now, but it still seems to be the same. I don't think you can play as a central midfield duo, Snodgrass and Devlin, together. Now, a couple more points. Preston Pan's Hearts, Goggs, Hanratty, and also Graham. Preston Pan's Hearts, that system uh, has had this coming for a while. Couldn't believe a halftime sub. Would have been Grant for Humphreys for me. Snodgrass, brackets, who's been found out, and Devlin, brackets, who was shit, needed help not replacing. We've rode our luck because we've been scoring. And Graham says, formation doesn't suit us. Start game's so slow. Shankland is dropping far too deep. Yes, we're third, and I'm happy with that, but we're seeing a lot of performances like today. Snodgrass and Devlin, for me, doesn't work. 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1 should be our preferred option. Now, we'll speak about the formation and, and changing to a four later on, because I want to talk about the team that we might select against St. Johnston. But a couple of points in there, you and you already mentioned that the two of them wasn't working because there wasn't enough momentum and Grant could have come on to help, as opposed to bringing on Grant for Devlin. Uh, and Shanklin dropping too deep. He's still getting goals, but would he get more if he was right through the middle? Uh, yeah, I tend to think he's a centre forward, so you play him oh, as a yes. centre forward. Um, the only thing I would say, and I'll we'll come on to, I'll name a team for you for St. Johnson, which would be four two three one. The only thing I would say about systems: look at the goals that were lost. The first goal was lost because James Hill was standing trying to mark his player when the other defenders ran out to play offside, and Obika's left onside right in front of the goal and scores. Now that's just a communication breakdown among defenders. The second goal is a shocker in the sense that um, Blair Spittle loops a header. He, he loops a header in front of Toby Civic. Statues ball, after that. Well, the, the ball, it took an eternity. The ball loops off the post and comes back to Spittle, who can then knock it in. Now, in a way, it's lucky he did, because Stephen Kingsley would have been sent off for what he was doing in the middle of the pitch. But, but there's no way Civic should have let Spittle do that. So these are two, you know, I would think pretty basic defensive errors. So for all, I think there is a debate they've had about systems. And there's a debate about Hearts Alliance and a, and a 35-year-old central midfielder. Sometimes players need to take responsibility and do their job. And the two goals that were lost, I thought, were, were, were terrible goals. Not, I mean, mm-hmm. that's before we get to the, the timing and the slackness of the second one. In terms of attacking play and going forward, they looked half-arsed for the entire game. I, I sometimes think players get away with it when you can just say, it's a system, it's a setup. To an extent, that probably played a part, but they have to they have to do basic things properly. Well, the better than they should. I don't subscribe to the you have to have Shankland further up the pitch because the the type of player Shankland is. I don't really want him battling with centre backs. I want Humphreys can do that. Whereas Shankland, he's the best player in the team at linking the play. Uh, so yeah, he will drop deep, but he still scored a lot of goals and gets into good positions. He, like uh, he should have scored uh, first half. Or he was unlucky not to score first half. He's still getting chances. He's still getting into uh, forward areas to score. Uh, but I'd want him. I want him to be involved in the game as much as possible because he's the only forward you've seen against Hamon uh, with Ginelli and Humphreys up uh, up front. We played some really nice stuff, but there was lacked a bit of penetration because Ginelli wants to run in behind. Humphreys wants to get the ball and battle and run, but there was no one to kind of link the attack with midfield. And Shankland is better than anyone in the team at taking it, bring the ball in, turning and kind of getting the team up the pitch. So 
I think Shankler probably played more centrally, but not necessarily as the number nine where he's having a battle up against like Ash Taylor and Callum Butcher, etc., etc. It's a fair point. One of the, the things that David Chisholm says, and it's not just him, there's Graham, there's Hartstow and a few others. Not everything has to go through Snodgrass. We've spoken about that. But his point is without someone like Grant, there's a chasm in the middle of the park, especially in the first half. So nothing goes forward centrally. Hence Shankland constantly having to drop back. When we're off it, there honestly aren't many worse teams in the league. Dreadful. Like you're going to get comments <laughs> like that. I mean, it was, it was kind of all, it was reason to begin with. And then the tackety boots come in at the end. And we'll get to the Robbie comments about him because this isn't just a, uh, this isn't just a, a bit about the players and everything like that because the buck stops with the manager. Um, something that, um, that Gordon Reed said, Ewan, which I thought was interesting because I hadn't forgotten about this player, but there was an on this day recently when, when I saw this player in one of the highlights. Everything through Snodgrass reminds me of when Andy Irving was doing the same. Some weeks it worked, and then again we get today. So that's Nielsen's blueprint. Snodgrass was pressed out the game today. No plan B. This has to change. The plan B, Barry Mackay and his form right now. Is there a plan B, and is Barry Mackay's best position right now coming on in the second half, having started on the bench? Um. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't play him against St Johnston, but I, I think the, the I completely understand the dilemma with Barry Mackay because he can still do things that other players in the team can do. You know, the, the wonderful goal against St Mirren, he played a key part in that wonderful Cochrane goal against Dundee United. If you leave him on, he, he has that in him, but I think he has to do more, especially away from home. Um, I've thought for a while he has to do more against the, the better teams anyway, but I, I thought he was really poor at, at Motherwell, and I, and I thought... Even as a bit of a message to him and to other players, I, I would just I would leave him out. I, I wouldn't pick him against St. Johnson. And I would hope that the penny drops with him in terms of the, the, the Celtic games, and particularly the Cup game, which is important. Um, and also, again, maybe just a message to other players that no one is guaranteed yeah. a start. I, I, you know, people, you can be accused of picking on him, but people pick on him because he has so much talent. Yes. He, has it in him to, to, he has it in him to really affect the game. And he can do it. And we see him doing it. But but I think um, and, and also in his defence, I think sometimes he can look lazy because of the way he runs and the way he passes, where perhaps he isn't. But he, he has to he has to be far far more influential in a game than he was at Motherwell, and I would be inclined not to let that pass. I, I, I would put him on the bench. Well, Joel, I remember up at St Johnston, he came off the bench and scored a, a stunning goal. I mean, if Ryan McGowan had done slightly better, then who knows? But blah blah blah. It looked like he needed the rest when the World Cup break came, and I actually thought he started. Um, the resumption of the league campaign pretty well. But as you and saying, you do get that brilliance from Barry Mackay, but you don't get it often enough. That's maybe the, the type of player that he is. Would you have him coming off the bench against St. Johnston? Uh, I kind of go back and forth on this one just because I know the, what he is, what he's capable of if you're playing for 90 minutes. But it's it's one of those where I think you can get away with it if the rest of the team's performing. If the rest of the team's performing, which they didn't on uh, Sunday, and as a collectively not been doing that well in the last few weeks, and you probably can't get away with having Mackay in the form in the form that he's in. I think he lost the ball about twenty. Just looking at it, that about twenty times against Motherwell, whether it was being dispossessed from a dribble or passing it to 
an opposition player, um, and you just when when Motherwell are so up for it like they were, you just uh, can't get away from it. So yeah, I would. I would potentially leave him. The thing is, I would you say it now, yes, but get to St. Johnson at home and he's just thinking he has a tendency, he could just turn it on. Uh, it's who, be intrigued, intrigued to know who um, Ewan's 11 would be for St. Johnson, just because... Well, looked, just, yeah, we'll do that at the end. Just because I looked at the 11 yesterday when it got announced, I don't think that would be far off what most fans perhaps would have picked for the Motherwell game. Um, but yeah, I would. If I need to get off the fence, I'd probably be leaning towards um, trying someone else in the uh, in wherever you'd play Barry McKay, perhaps Garankul. Well, the one thing that I don't think we did have much of it for Park Ewan was pace. Now, yeah. I suggested last week that Kual, with once we eventually realised that Janelli was suspended, that Kual might be an an option. Um, I can't imagine Newcastle will be overly enamoured by the lack of game time so far, or do you think this is all part of, of the Garang Cool project? Well, he has to look like a first-team player, and being blunt, he, he doesn't, to me, he doesn't look like a first-team starter. He, he clearly has fantastic pace, yes. Um, Ginelli has fantastic pace. I'm not a fan of him anyway. That's another story. Um, I, I wouldn't be inclined to play him from the start. I'm not sure he's shown enough I don't know what he's like in training, but I don't think he's shown enough to suggest he can he can start. Maybe a, a little bit more from the bench, yes. But despite the there was one, it's not helped great, when he's played in the centre midfield against Rangers. Well, that, no, and that was a that was a bad bad um, bad move. I, I didn't under, like a lot of things that night. I really didn't understand them. But you know, he, he doesn't look to. I, I've not looked to him and thought, including when he came on against the United. I've, I've not thought, you know, and Motherwell. I've not thought, God. He has to be in the team. He has to start. Mm-hmm. I, I understand why there were reasons to do so, but I don't think he's quite made that case yet. And he's a young kid, you know. And and, and being blunt, he looks at like a young kid. You know, I think you have to, you know, you have to show and demonstrate the same as every young player at heart, so that you, you can take on board to play for the first team. And and to me, he hasn't quite shown that yet. I hope he does between now and the end of the season, but I, I just haven't quite seen it. With with hype comes expectation. Doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a kid that hasn't even learned football yet. He's got lots of talent, and he's he's still learning. But well, that's why. That, funny enough, when he when he signed on loan, I, I instantly thought it would have been better to sign him on loan for a season and a half mm-hmm. rather than half a season. He, he's got he's got to he's got to develop. That still um, might be a possibility, by the way. Yeah, and I'm not saying it isn't. I, I genuinely don't know, but I, I think you had a far more chance of getting more out of him. Maybe it sounds obvious. And, and Newcastle will get more out of it because he's not going to play for their first team anytime soon. No, if he if if, if that loan was extended and, and he get a bit settled, got some first team football and and kind of bedded in. I just think again, it's difficult. And he's had he's had a pretty whirlwind spell, but he he has to get his feet in the ground and settle down and prove that he can be a first team player at a club that aren't. You know, Robbie makes the point and he's right. It's not easy to play for Hearts. You have to be prepared. And he and yeah. I think he's just got a wee bit to go before I would consider him a, a starting player. Speaking of of young Newcastle players, Joel, Elliot Anderson was linked with a move to Hearts. 
Um, not sure how serious that ever was. If it was just fans saying he would do, or uh, I'm not sure if you ever did anything in, in the paper about Elliot Anderson. And, and he played against Liverpool, had to be taken off when Nick Pope got sent off. And, and there's a huge gulf in class between the Scottish Premiership and, and Newcastle are one of the, the, the four or five best teams in, in England right now. So I think with Garang Cool, I think you and right. Hopefully we can, we can get him for longer. But Robbie Nielsen came out this, this past week and, and basically said it is a project and he'll start certain games and he'll, he'll be on the bench in, in other games. So if we're expecting him to, to start against Johnston and keep his place and start every game between now and the end of the season, that ain't going to happen. Yeah, which makes it, if we're not getting them for longer than this six months or five, what, what five months would be, makes it a, a strange loan. Yeah, it does. Uh, that you just think it's, it's almost like we'll, um, just say doing Newcastle a favour, but at the moment, not doing really anyone. He's not doing no. Kula a favour, Newcastle a favour, or ourselves a favour by bringing in someone who I'm guessing won't be that cheap, um, to then just go, we'll, play it every now and then um, and we don't really see the benefit of it rather than looking at someone longer term uh, and if he's for example if he's going to take minutes away from Oda it's, uh, mm. it just makes it all a bit um, all, all a bit strange if he is not if he's not going to be coming in and a, a first team starter because let's say he's he came into he finished 20, uh, 2022 playing regular football in the A League I'm not a big I don't uh, subscribe to that being a a, a very um, good league but then he went and played in the World Cup as well and then to come to uh, Tynecastle and just been played in given sh- given minutes in strange ways. The prison. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. There was a laugh from one and tumbleweed from the other. That's the kind of audience that we seem to have in this podcast. I want to get back to the comments after the game following uh, Laurie's tweet. Uh, One from Jersey Steve. A year ago today, we lost away to a second bottom of the league, St. Johnston, a few days after losing at home to Dundee. But all came good in terms of finishing third. So not necessarily hitting the panic button yet. But we were abysmal today and the mini break might be a blessing. Raymond, this is one for you two to get into. I think we should try starting a game without Snodgrass in it. We'd like to see Keo, Grant and Yoda um, start a match and maybe drop Mackay. What about St. Johnston minus Snodgrass off the bench, perhaps? Ewan? Yes. The team I'm not allowed to name, he, he wouldn't be in my... Well, he might be in my starting 11, but not in the position that he's been playing. I mean, that... Okay. Now, to be fair, I didn't watch much of Luton Town last season, but I'm pretty certain Robert Snodgrass has never played in this position that Hearts are asking him to well, play. He, he said that. Yeah, in his career. And now, and he's... I mean, it's also... You have to think about this. He signed... Um, after the start of the season, I, I've been trying to kind of remember how the midfield worked early in the season because Benny was still injured. Yeah. Um, Devon played a bit, but was in and out. He's had hamstring problems. Haring didn't play very much. Halliday. Um, yeah, but and, and we've also tried Halliday besides Snodgrass, and that hasn't worked. But I, I don't remember thinking the thing is the early part of the season was so frantic with defensive injuries and European chaos, whatever else. But I, I don't remember this being a major issue earlier on in the season but now all of a sudden it is whereby how is this how is this midfield going to properly function it's, be, it's become a bit of a head scratcher where, mm. where I don't remember it being one despite all the other problems I don't remember it being one in 
August, September, October. Well, in, in August at Easter Road, Haring and Grant in front of a back four with Mackay, Boyce and Forrest supporting Shanklin. So it, it was different. Snodgrass, maybe time, not necessarily for an enforced dress, but just to make sure that Civic's only option is a is a pass to Snodgrass, who then is in, under pressure or whatever. Well, what do you reckon? Funnily enough, another element of that, I mean, I mean we've seen Joe's written about this, he appreciates it. Stephen Kingsley breaking forward from defence has been a massive asset to Hearts over the last couple of seasons. I feel like he's going to stop doing that as if he's been restricted. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe maybe the two things aren't linked, but I feel like he's lost a bit of his ability. I mean, that was a real, this is this is a comparison that people will laugh at, but the way Kieran Tierney does it for Scotland, when he mm-hmm. plays left, left side of a back three, breaks forward, pops up all over the place. Well, Kingsley did that for Hearts for long enough. But, and again, I know he's been out of the team, but when he's played, that hasn't happened. And I wonder, um, maybe I'm overthinking this, but I wonder if this is a byproduct of, of the midfield not really working and he feels more mm-hmm. restricted. It doesn't seem to have the same effervescence or zest that he had before as well. I, think I was at the RFS game with Joel and that was the game I think he did his hamstring. So I don't know if he's... I mean, he's looked better of late when he first came back. He, he looked a little bit um, just off it a wee bit, which I suppose was, is understandable. There was a couple of moments uh, for Park where he did because w- the last season what he did really well was uh, also like bringing out the ball out of defence and I agree with um, Ewan's comparison because when Tierney had the issues uh, injury issues I thought um, Kingsley was the perfect replacement for him in Scotland just because he played the identical role and then was also like the swapping position with Cochrane. He did that a couple of times at Fur Park and it did look at times in the first half where Nielsen was urging him to get forward a bit more. Uh, but but yeah, it's it's the defence is just the nature of the, with the way the season's gone as as has been an issue in that there's been little consistency to it. You've you've, you've had. Um, Kingsley sometimes having to play in the, uh, the centre of the three. He's had to play on the right of the three. Uh, he's obviously been injured. Rose has been injured. It's just lacked any uh, consistency and fluence, uh, fluency. And you see with uh, Kingsley, he's been a shadow of the uh, shadow of the player that was so important last season. And yeah, I do think that's uh, with, with Kingsley when he drives out a defence, it disrupts the opposition. Whereas with uh, with that not happening, it's just it, it's so predictable. Dropping Snodgrass is uh is a huge call for for Nielsen just because of I think how big uh how experienced he is, how big a personality he is within um within the squad within the dressing room. I found it really interesting in that St Mirren game at uh, in Paisley that when there was a break in play, I think it was um, Ryan Strain got injured that. Uh, one or two players were talking to Nielsen, but there was about seven surrounding Snodgrass in the middle of the park, and mm. it was him that was kind of telling everyone what to what to, what to do. Uh, so that would be, uh, I think, it would be a really really big call for Nielsen if he was to drop Snodgrass mm-hmm. for the St Johnson game. Of all the messages, well, that, that, sorry, I was, gonna, I was uh, maybe you're going to mention this, but I, I think there is an issue with trying to play both Kingsley and Co- this is a bit with the Scotland thing again with, with Tierney and Robertson. I think there's an issue with, with, with being or, or thinking we have to play Kingsley and Cochrane in the same team. I, I, and I, I tend to think you maybe just make a decision and one of them plays. I mean, Kingsley, Kingsley because of injury situation, doesn't tend to play all the time anyway. Cochrane's still a young lad. I, I tend to think you maybe just pick one and get on with it. I, I think playing the two of them, the way that it has been done, 
isn't really working. Mm. That, that's my sense. If, what, if you play, what, if you play a back four, then you can't play both of them. No, no, yeah, no. Exactly. Of course, one. Well, of all the messages we got, they were either containing Snodgrass, they were containing Nielsen, they were containing Mackay, or most of them. Like Ian Lenny says, ditch the three centre backs. Doesn't work. Football's dull to watch. Has been most of the season. Just lucky we're slightly better than the rest of the dross around us. And stop the Shankland as number ten shite as well. We've already spoken about that, but I just want to quickly mention um, a few of the messages were to do with Kai Rolls. Where is he? Um, I don't know if it's public knowledge or, or whatever, but it will be now. Kai Rolls has a broken toe. So he's been having injections, I think. He's been having injections. Um, he could play through it, but um, that's why he's been on the bench. If he didn't have a broken toe, he'd be starting. He's the first name on the team sheet, but he's not 100%. Now, the argument to that is, well, if he's not 100%, he's got a broken toe, why isn't he just not involved? Full stop. Um, but that's that's the situation so far. So to get to Ian and many others' point, ditch the three centre backs. It's it was good for a while, but it, as you mentioned, it worked when the left centre back or the right centre back was getting in forward and getting involved in the midfield. And as Joel said, the opposition didn't really know what to do with this overlapping centre back. But when the centre backs just stand still and pass to Snodgrass or whatever. It loses its oomph and its zest. So, you and Murray, ditch these three centre backs and go to a four, whatever formation. What do you say? Yeah, I would do that immediately. The only thing I would say in defence is three at the back. Craig Halkett, when fit, it seems to be, I think everyone acknowledges, is, is best in a back three. He's not fit. No, I get, I, get, I get that. I'm just saying I, I kind of understand the reasons why. I mean, Hearts put principles of play. In operation before the start of the season, that's what they work on in pre-season. Now, one of those does involve four at the back, but the three in the back, I think, would be designed to suit Halkett. It suits Civic. Um, you know, Atkinson, another conversation, but I mean, he was signed as a right wing back. That's a you know three at the back position. There are guys, there, there are people in the squad for whom three at the back seems to work. So I, yeah, I, I understand course. why they've been using it, <laughs> but. Um, and again, I, I'm never entirely sure that, that systems are as much to blame as, as you know the attitude sometimes of players. However, um, I'm contradicting myself because I, I would go, I would go Smith, um, Hill or Sibic. You could take your pick. Probably just Hill. I would go Smith, Hill, Rolls, and Kingsley as a back four for um, for the next game. I think that would be the smart thing to do. Joe, we talk about formations. I, I don't know how many different formations that are used by every team in every game. It's not like, right, it's a 3-4-3 three, three or whatever throughout. It, it can be flexible. And to be honest, we found ourselves in the shit this season when we've been behind having been playing a back three. We've gone to a four and at times it's helped. It's, it's turned it around so we can play it. But I'm not sure if that game is still going on from yesterday at Motherwell. I'm not sure Hearts would have scored those two goals needed to, to get back. So are, are you happy to change to a, a four? And more importantly, do you think Robbie will do so against St. Johnston or do you think he'll stick with his three? Yeah, I would, I would, I would change to a four. I think the formation, it's, it's one that can work for Hearts and it's worked, it worked in the past. Going back to the start of last season, I was always wary of it. I, I like the back. I like the back three. I like the, the system as a whole, but I was always wary of it because it's something that uh, you said earlier on the show. Was we when we play a, a back three, 
it's essentially a back five because of the the players we have in the wing back positions. I think Cochrane's got better as as a wing back. Michael Smith's a, a right back. He's he, he does a good job. But you look at potentially if we sign Callum Patterson and played him, how inf- influential he was as a right back or right wing back, and that suits. I think that would give they give the team so much more the balance defensively with. Uh, Suter leaving and then Halkett having to almost, when he's fit, play in the right of the back three and then you've got um, two left footers who are more comfortable in the left of the back three. The balance I just don't think has been quite right for a lot of the season but we've got good players so at times we have probably got away with it and I do think with the when you are in such a, a position where you've not been playing that well it's sometimes just easier to just go back to a more simple way of playing and set up, and that's that's with a back four. Mm. Do I think that Nielsen will change to a back four? No, I, I don't think so. I think he'll um, I think he'll stick with the three for St Johnson. Well, we've got two weeks to to work on it in training before our next game against St Johnson. Ian Henderson's given us a five point plan that simply starts. Cheesy peeps, man. Where to start? Number one, stop playing passive football away from home. We've been found out. Number two, shoot, capital letters, three exclamation marks. Have a bloody shot at goal. Number three, and this is an interesting one, which I'm going to get back to in a second. If you play with wingers, use them and cross balls into the box. Four, obtain a midfield presence. Five, attack the ball. And he's got like a 5A, show some passion. Now, I don't know if either of you were watching uh, on TV or if you were actually at the game. Apologies for not knowing this against Hamilton. But Lauren Shankland was the guest of BBC. And he came out with a, a, a comment I thought was rather interesting when um, he spoke about Stephen Humphreys and he said, Aye, well, at least they've been crossing the ball into him. It's been a while since that happened. And it was a kind of tongue-in-cheek comment. But Ian's point three was if you play with wingers, use them and cross balls into the box. Are we trying to play too nice football when being direct, if it's good football, isn't a bad thing? Can we get it wide and can we get our wingers or our wide players to get more crosses into the box? Because it's not something, especially if Humphreys is is our target man, it's not something we've really done, Joel, is it? No, it's it's not. And it's something that Shank, that's not the first time Shank was mentioned. Because I mean, uh, speaking to him and asking about... um, about his playing in that kind of withdrawn forward role, and asked, uh, and I was just like, "Oh, if it's is is it is it better for you because you get get more space?" And he's like, "No, I want to be essentially no, I want to be in the middle of the goal, and I want crosses to come into the box." And I think that's when you go back to the start of the season. Nielsen said exactly that when he's when he signed Shankland that you get wide players and fire crosses in. However, you look at the players that we have at our disposal. Who are the wingers that are going to fire crosses into the box? Because Josh Ginelli has got one cross and one cross only, and is that that's just getting his head down and firing it across the box without looking. Um, and then on the left-hand side, you have Cochrane, I suppose. But we don't really have a left-sided player, do we? We don't have a John. No, I, I just I don't I don't see where the. Uh, hang on, the... hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, I know he's injured, oh. but you're forgetting Gary Mackay Stephen. Yeah, right. <laughs> Settle down in the back. Settle the pipe down. <laughs> no, no. Joe said the nail on the head. There aren't wingers. I mean, I, I would assume that's what Oda especially is here to do. But, I mean, Alan Forrest doesn't seem to play in that position and, and the jury's out and whether he will do regularly at all. But th- these wingers don't really exist. In, in the team anyway. 
So we can't really put crosses in if we don't have anyone to deliver them. Again, that's something to, to talk about. Now, Graham Taylor, I'm not intending this as a go at Donaldson, but he's been critical of fan opinions during games recently. Yeah, fair. I mean, I came out and mentioned a couple of the Dundee United halftime tweets and the world was going to end and ultimately we won the game. That doesn't mean to say that the first half wasn't shite. It was. Graham says, today was abysmal and I think recent performances mean you can argue something like today was coming. Agreed. Without Ginelli, we couldn't stretch them at all. Abject. Totally agree with that. I want to get on to the Robbie Nielsen comments because it's only fair. And we've said this before. We can be cheerleaders when things are working. But that doesn't stop us from sticking the boot in when things aren't. We were very vociferous in our comments after the Rangers game. That was a shit show when the manager got it wrong. So here's the comments about Robbie Nielsen from Niall Douglas. Our manager simply isn't up to it. Usual guff from him afterwards, tactically inept. And why are we so slow and predictable? There's no other plan. Okay, starters, you mean to go on. From Sam, hopefully we won't have to listen to Donaldson defending his mate. The squad is good enough, but his mate is a mediocre coach. And that wee sked can leg it and all. Well, that's a, that's a bit harsh at the end, is it not? What have you done, Joel? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, but it's, it's, uh, I'm not sure, but I'm going to say it's probably fair anyway. Well, yeah, there's more. Barry Mellors. Management and coaching staff is what needs to change but won't. Best squad we've had in years, and they play some awful football. Kenneth Bruce, we have the third best squad in the league. Do we have the third best coach in the league? Andy Grant, maybe have a serious look at the manager. Jamie Easton, two words, the manager. Okay, that was not good enough yesterday. The manager admitted, the head coach admitted, it was not good enough yesterday. More of that, a continuation of that. And there'll be more from the likes of Niall and Sam and Barry and Kenneth and Andy and Jamie. So so where are we here? Bigger picture, body of evidence. It's all right this season so far, as far as third is concerned. But that yesterday was unacceptable. Is this a case of you're going to get bumps in the road? We're Hart or Midlothian, right? We are who we are. Potentially the third best. Nothing better than that team in Scotland. There will be games like this. But when the quality of the opponents outside Celtic and Rangers is that right now of what it is in the league, you kind of get away with mediocre performances at times or you can get a result at times. The problem is now, Hibs are only five points behind. And you you think of the, the narrative, Ewan, about Hibernian and we keep pumping them, Scottish Cup, league and everything like that. But they're quietly going about their business and they're only five points behind, albeit when we play Celtic, I think they play Rangers. Is it time to be concerned or is that a knee-jerk reaction following an insipid display in Lanarkshire? No, I think there's quite a lot of levels to this, um, which always intrigue me. The first thing is to say that the kind of reaction you see after a performance like that isn't unique to Hearts. Um, Generally, football fans, and I'm not you know, I've done it myself, but um, I think there is more anger and vitriol and excitement, largely because people can go on social media and say what they like during or straight after games. I just think that exists. That noise exists. I'm not criticising it. I'm just saying it's not unique to um, what goes on at, at our club. Um, the second thing is, I think people, and, and I think there is legitimacy to this, people are almost more annoyed because they see the Hearts are in a great position off the pitch. The club is stable. Um, the club is very well run. The club is in a great financial position. I think that heightens people frustrate, people's frustrations sometimes in, se- in the sense that they think we should do more. And, and I do actually have sympathy with that point. However, I think the key point is 
where do you really think we should be? I mean, Robbie um, got the team to third really comfortably last season. Um, I would still be confident they'll finish third again this season. If they don't, that's a separate conversation. They are competitive um, and doing well in, in cups. Europe, I think, was a massive learning curve, and I, and I would hope you know we'll, we'll see some benefits from that next season. So I do think turning on him um, for the reasons I've stated is a bit is over the top, but I understand why it exists. But listen, no one, no one would. I think he was pretty blunt after the game. No one would recognise how poor hearts were at Motherwell more than Robbie Nielsen. He's, he's not trying to kid anyone on or pull the wool over anyone's eyes. He understands that. He understands the club. He understands the demands of the club. What I admire about him, especially during the early part of this season, is he remains calm when other people are kind of losing their heads around him. It seems like he is calm, and generally that has worked. So, so I would, you know, I think it's fine to say Motherwell was terrible. I think it's fine to, as I as I did, point out other spells and games this season, you know, recently where things haven't been great. But generally, I mean, I've had a lot of entertainment watching Hearts this season. I, I think there's been a lot of good games, a lot of good performances ruthless performances, a lot of success stories. And I would just, I would, you know, calm down a little bit, maybe would be my message. Joel Sked, which side of the fence do you want to be on? I um, I, I reckon I'll always be on the, the, the poor Robbie Nielsen side, but I think he is, it's got to the point now where criticism's going to come when we don't play well, when we don't get results, and rightly so because he's going to be under pressure because it's both Joe Savage and himself have spoken about getting to that quote-unquote next level, getting closer to the old firm. So standards have gone uh, up another level. Yep. There is now, an people should be expecting us to go to Motherwell who are struggling at the bottom of the table and winning and not just not not just kind of eking out a result, but playing with a lot of composure, control, dominance. He's got things I think the kind of criticism from game to game recently is uh, I think um absolutely spot on because while the players have been off it recently, I think he's been off it recently. The the lineup for the Rangers game was a nonsense. The I didn't think the lineup for the Livingston game was good. Yeah, putting order into starting them in, in that that game where it's uh, so it's a very difficult place to get your first ground kind of ground in, in, in Scottish football. You go to the Hamilton game uh, when George Grant got injured and then you've got a £350,000 midfielder on that could they just come and replace but you put Alan Forrest into the, the, the centre midfield, hung him out to dry, realised he got it wrong, had to bring Cammy Devlin had to bring Cammy Devlin on, and so yeah, I I get completely get the criticism, frustration, and it's always going to be the case with Nielsen. There's an element of Hearts fans who are just never going to take them. Um, unfortunately, am I right in saying that the, the points difference is one point either way, but this point this season and last season? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So that I mean, I would I would argue, given the turmoil, and it was turmoil earlier in the season with the injuries, with the European stuff, and it was. It was really, really difficult. We I played would four fullbacks be, in one game, did we not? Because all our centre backs were injured. No, yeah, it, it was a really difficult. That, again, go back to Robbie he was calm, but it's it's been a really challenging season on quite a lot of levels. I would argue to be a point different from last season, and there was kind of widespread acceptance that, that the team was going really well. I, I think that's okay. Funny enough, the, the biggest frustration to me was that that Kilmarnock League Cup 
the week cup which is pulling our hair out every year that that was the one kind of dull one of this season so far there, there might be more to come of course but I mean they're, they're beating Hibs comfortably um, I, I would argue where they are just now given everything that's going on and on the basis I hope that think they're going to kick on again I, I think it's I think they're doing fine I, I, and I'm I'm never entirely sure where people think or expect um, the club should be hopefully they do kick on and go onwards and upwards with, with further investment etc etc but I, I constantly look around and think who would do a better job managing Hearts than Robbie Nielsen I know yeah, it's not my um, job to find that person but but I don't see anyone to be honest yeah I I'm, I'm, I I've, I subscribe to all of that I, I agree with I agree with the uh, vast majority of that I just think because Nielsen has come out and because Savage has come out and stated their intentions um, their ambitions that you, you're obviously going to get judged even more because you've set those set those ambitions and if you're you, you're falling short and uh, I do think that just like players, um, again, I'm I, I, I'm not sure of, uh, I can't think of a manager off the top of my head, um, but if someone better comes along, there should be conversations. Uh, if Joe Savage, like if this manager comes available, is, is, he, um, is he a better manager than Robbie Nielsen? Just like players, you look to, look to up, up, upgrade. So I certainly don't think it's um, a case of... Uh, Nielsen is on. Just thinking, like, oh, you, you don't, you, you don't, uh, you don't change Nielsen because of what happened the last time. But yeah, I'm just playing devil's advocate, and I can understand why there's frustration amongst uh, amongst fans. Uh, a number of my, I think I'm the only one in my group chat of um, like twelve Hearts fans who uh, is pro Robbie Nielsen. So I, I, I wow. see the other side of that's it. quite a ratio. Yeah, yeah, that's um, they're not uh, not, not big Robbie Wilson fans. Why? I think they they a lot of them see this uh, what they view as this, the same failings of um, kind of just getting things wrong, underestimating um, opponents, over overthinking, overthinking, um, overthinking games. Um, yeah, so it's um, there is I think there's a lot of Hearts fans out there who are on the basically one or two bad results away from looking at uh, Nielsen out. It, it always intrigues me, Ewan. Um, look, of course everyone's entitled to their opinion. We've we've seen in football often enough over the years, it's a be careful what you wish for. I mean, whether it's Charlton with Kerbishley back in the day, Aberdeen with Jimmy Caldwood or Derek McInnes or whatever. Yeah, of course, every every manager has a shelf life. Um and and I I agree with a, with a lot of the points, not necessarily the the Nielsen out. I mean that's 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 a nonsense. But third, that's where we should be in in in, in kind of um, where it's meant to be right now, as far as where you would hope to be. But I can understand the fans saying, "Look, we are where we are. We've had that money from Europe. We should be getting closer to Rangers, and we're we're, we're a million miles away from the top two right now, as was shown against time uh, against them at Tynecastle. The the issue here is is that it's like the it's like the the silent brigade that 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 really come out um, after a defeat against Motherwell, after a defeat against Rangers, and I, it is a minority, I think. Although jo- Joel saying one out of twelve, but it will become a more vocal minority if you. One look out, at sorry, games... just checked one out of thirteen. <laughs> wow! But you look at the games coming up: right? Celtic away, Celtic at home in the cup, Aberdeen away. Kilmarnock at home, and I get we 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 should have been better um, in a lot of games this season um, than we've produced. 
we've been able to bounce back. I'm with Ewan and the I'm happy with what we have right now, but we we the team could still be doing a lot better. But I wonder it's impossible to give an answer, but I'm gonna ask you anyway, Joel, what what percentage right now, if you were to do a straw poll among Hearts fans, are quite simply, are you pro Robbie Nielsen or against Robbie Nielsen? Where do you think the percentage would be for those two? <laughs> um 60 40 pro. as much as that yeah i would i it's hard because it's it's mental it's, it's mental because you go back what two weeks after the after the win in the scottish cup and you'd probably go and and it'd be the same with my, my pals it would be um i reckon it would be 95 5 or something like, something like that 90 10 but it is the just the nature of uh, Nielsen and his view. The, the, I think there's just so, there's so there's, there is a large uh, there's a a decent size element of Hearts fans who are very much could take or leave Nielsen, um, and it only takes one or two bad results for them to have those doubts come up again. What percentage do you think it is, Ewan, pro and against? I really don't know. I, I just think that changes all the time. I, I, but I mean, um, there are a lot of supporters who not long ago would have thought Tommy Wright should be our manager. There are a lot of supporters who not long ago, not long ago thought Derek McKinnon should be our manager. Well, if you ask them now, would they still agree with that? Like these things are, and this is football fan. This is my point. No, this is football fans of every club. They're, they're they're fickle, and they you know the opinions change. There, there will come a point. This is now season three, right, of Robbie's second mm-hmm. spell. There will come a point, be it four years, five years, where this will have seemed to run a natural course, including and maybe primarily for Robbie Nielsen. I mean, he he will want to go back to England and work. Um, he can only go back to England and work if he's been a success where he is. He will know that. He's, he's extremely driven, extremely focused on winning. Um, it, it's mutually beneficial Um for Hearts and for Robbie for, for things to go well here. Um, I don't think he'll be the Hearts manager in five, six, seven years' time. So I, just, I, I don't think that's the way it works. But, but I think where we are now, I think we're best served with him in charge. I, I take issue with it getting closer to Rangers and Celtic thing because I just see, you know, it's fine, the money that's been brought in from Europe this season. But look at the money Celtic in particular bring in from Europe. Look at the money Rangers bring in and they're still spending. There's still a massive, massive difference. What, what right, this I, money should I get that. Uh, the, what, what we what should the money this this well, what we should do, I think, is 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 set ourselves out as a clear third. Yes, that's the key. For that's the key. That, for I think us. that's so the that's, next level. I think that's that the next level it. for us. It's, it's, it's for to put to put distance between ourselves exactly. and Hart. Uh, sorry, ourselves three, and Hibs and Aberdeen. Yeah. And three tiers: Celtic start, and Rangers, then Hearts, then the rest. Yes, and start start doing better against Rangers or Celtic. Yes, but 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 that's um, 100%, and nothing frustrates me. Frustrates you know, I'm, I'm as frustrated as anyone about a lot of these performances. But the but the the gap is is pulling away from the teams underneath, not necessarily getting closer. And this is quite sad to say this, but I just think it's economic reality. Mm-hmm. Getting closer to teams above is going to be a lot more difficult. You're going to have to get a lot of things falling in your favour, and it's not an exact science anyway in terms of the money you bring in and spending it properly. But I think the key is pulling away 100%. from teams. Underneath, um, as opposed to getting a bit, I, I just think the money being spent and, and you know, you look at the, the figures Celtic released in terms of results recently. I mean, you, you know, I don't like doing it, but you shrug your shoulders and think, what, what, what chance have you got there, really? Well, the issue here is that 
trying to get close to Rangers and Celtic. Forget about that right now. As Ewan said, this is about um, supplementing and securing third spot um, every season, but with yeah. comfortable, um, with a better squad. And you could argue as well, we have a big squad, but the drop-off is pretty stark after your first 11 or 12 players. You might have others ready to come in, but there is a bit of a drop-off in quality. You're listening to Scars Around the Funnel, brought to you in association with Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. It's about time for the big reveal. No, not Joel Sked getting his top off in St. Gallen. That was one for the ladies, was it not, Mr. Sked? Goodness gracious me. If I'd taken my top off, I would have been harpooned and made into sushi. So at least the right one took his top off. But there um, was uh, there, there were some very mean comments on uh, social media um, aimed at uh, aimed at aimed at myself and helpfully uh, my partner pointed me in those directions. <laughs> you were um, <laughs> you were a few sheets to the wind, but that that was whatever happened to that boy that fell down the stairs and got a three grand ambulance bill? Was he okay? Was I I cannot Perfect. remember. Oh, cannot okay. remember past uh, um, past probably about eight o'clock that night, so I I have no idea. Okay, that was quite. I, I wish I was in Florence, but I wasn't. But I'll take St. Gallen with me and the stories and Joel with his top off and everything like that. So we will get the big reveal, not Joel taking his top off again, but the team that we will each pick for the game against St. Johnston. But I want to go back to one of the comments um, that we received after the Motherwell game from Kirsty Mackay. We should play it back for a diamond four in midfield and two up top um, that don't drop deep. Players need to play in the correct positions. Uh, okay, that's fair. And I think we've, we're all kind of agreed. Interestingly enough, Joel might agree with it, but doesn't think Robbie necessarily will do it. I'll go last and I'll leave it to the guests to go first. You and you've been chomping at the bit for quite some time. I've got a funny feeling you're going to play Snodgrass as a 10. What would be your team for St. Johnston? <clears throat> uh, no, I wouldn't know. I would, uh, Xander Clark, Michael Smith at right back, as I say, centre, but probably Hill. Over Civic, Kai Rolls, and then Stephen King's at left back. I would play two in front of them, uh, Keo and Cami Devlin. Then I would play three, which would be Odar, wide right, George Gard, number 10. Left hand side is the one. I would almost play Snodgrass there, but a bit narrower. Hmm. Or, or Halliday there, who I think he's, I know he had the concussion, but I think he's been a bit unlucky when he played wide left. Including because he he was a goal threat, he, he had a really good spell, um, or and I think you might do this. I think Janelli will feature in some capacity because um, pace was one thing that was that was sadly lacking. So that left hand side, I could pick one of three or four, and then I would play Shankland at, at number nine. That's what okay. I would do. Joel, um, I, I think I said earlier on I'd play a four, but I'd probably stick with a three. Oh, after um, all that, yeah. Just looking at this, <laughs> you tease. It's it's just it's it's going back and forth. Like you, you take it's 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 one of those where you've got the um you've got your duvet and you pull up to cover your chest, but your feet get cold, and you pull it down to cover your feet, and the top half of your gets cold. So I'll probably go Clark. You sleep in child? No, I can't go there. Duvets on? Oh, seriously? What's he, what's he, just what's buy what's a bigger duvet. Duvets. Buy a bigger duvet. Uh, 
So Clark, and then I'll go. I'm I'm not I've uh, I'm not sold on Hill yet. Uh, so I'll go. Um, Sibic, Rogues, Kingsley, then Cochrane and Smith as the wing backs. Snodgrass, Grant, and then a front three of Humphreys, Janelli, and Shankland. So you're sticking with the two in the centre of midfield. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Another one. Of my, another one of my um, ongoing gripes. I, I'm not as sold on Humphreys as quite a lot of people are. I think, notwithstanding a fantastic moment, wonderful moment against Indy United, I find the hype around him a little bit much. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't quite be. I think he's fine coming off the bench. Um, That's the thing. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not convinced by him as a starting player at all. Actually, I've. I'm, I've. I. I. I uh, I can totally get that, and it's the same with Ginelli. I see both of them as very impactful players. You can probably at, at the moment say the same about Barry Mackay off um, off the bench, but it's just, yeah. I, I, it's, I just think Humphreys. I, I just think you find you'll find players like Humphreys. They're, they're quite common kind of players, mm-hmm. you know, and and there's a great. I wouldn't keep Ginelli beyond the summer anyway, but I, I see there's a great rush to keep. Um, Humphreys and I kind of think mm, I would want to see quite a lot more if the point is we want to improve and get better I would want to see a lot more from him before saying we definitely want to go out and you know he's on a big wage at Wigan they would command a fee I'm not yet as nearly as convinced as a lot of people seem to be that we should be um, pushing the boat anywhere near out to, to keep him well his his wage at Wigan is more than every uh, sorry any Hearts pay, player He's yes. getting paid at Tynecastle. Plus, you would need a yes. fee. So, again, that might need a little bit of creative accountancy or another loan. The other thing is, as well, if he does well at Hearts, then Sean Maloney might decide, you know what? Now, as he said himself, I think the window um, for that uh, recall to Wigan was the 11th of January. That's why um, they didn't, even if they were interested, because Maloney came in after that. So that window had already closed. So... I spoke earlier about a 4-4-2 and a 3-4-3 and everything and how it can kind of change and it can be fluid and it can be flexible. I've got a 4-4-2, but easily becoming a 4-3-3 with the ball. Xander Clark in goal. Smith, Sibick, Rolls and Cochran um, on the left-hand side. I much prefer Alex Cochran there. One thing, and not, not so much for the St. Johnson game, I wonder if we could make Alex Cochran a defensive midfielder and play him alongside Snodgrass, potentially if he goes 3-4-3, and that could allow either um, Stephen Kingsley to be a left centre-back or a left wing-back. But anyway, Smith, Subic, Rolls and Cochran, Gino Ginelli, George Grant, Robert Snodgrass and Andy Halliday in midfield. But Andy Halliday playing in a kind of tucked-in central midfield left position. Um, you could play him left mid, but that would allow Alex Cochran to kind of have the, the freedom of the left-hand side and know that Halliday could cover if required. So there's your four, and then Shankland and Humphreys or Kuhl in attack, but probably Humphreys if you're able to get the ball in. So that four four two or 4-3-3 if Halliday just Mark, kind of Mark, drops in. Mark, we, we, paid, we paid £300,000 for a German screening midfielder, if you want to call him that. Why is he not playing? And, and he's well, looked in the, in the last in the last few games when he when he came on, I thought he looked better. He, he clearly had issues getting up to speed with the Scottish game, and he's not the first guy that's happened to. But surely he's got to get in the team at some point. If you can't mm-hmm. pick him at home at St Johnson, and he can't come on during a dismal game at Motherwell, I, I would start to ask what what's going on there. 
Well, sure, he I, has to play at some point. I think it, we we spoke earlier about if we didn't start with Snodgrass, I think you could go George Grant and Keel as the two, and that would allow you a four at the back. It would allow you a three at the back to go three four three. Again, you might we'd have to change our system. We've got two weeks to to work on it because not everything would go through Keel or everything would go through Grant. We'd have to be all round better. But I, I yeah, think that's a per- yeah. pertinent point. Well, and the other point is, again, if we take it the cup game against Celtic, it's hugely important, which it should be. If the Hearts play the same way, particularly in midfield against Celtic as they have done recently, they'll, they'll get mauled. Celtic will just run over the top of them. Mm-hmm. So, surely, again, Keo is the type of, from what we've seen, we haven't seen much of him, and it's hard to judge, although I know a lot of the, the, the opinions are generally negative. Surely, this is the kind of game he has been brought in for. So, so you need to get him in the team. I, I, I would pick him against St. Johnson, which should be a bit of a softer game, a lighter game, and then hope he can he can influence things against Celtic. Otherwise, again, I would question why he's here. Would you, you remember, would you, you, sorry, both, Joel, you, rem- you remember the RFS game? And, pr- and that Civic was like Beckenbauer that night. But before that, uh, he, when he appeared on the team, she was like, oh, Jesus, he's playing. And the same has been said, yeah. I mean, about, about Keogh. I mean, like, just because you've maybe not had some great games, but... Football fans, and I, I had a thing with David Hagen back in the day. I just every time he appeared on the team sheet, I, I was like, "Oh, come on!" Same with Brian Hamilton. It just I'd made my mind up, and I wasn't prepared to to kind of change it. Um, Thomas Flugo, yeah, Thomas Flugo's debut at Ibrooks. Oh, I remember that rabbit. <laughs> just a deer caught in the headlights. But so, so yeah, you're that, right. That, that and, happens. And, but but my, sorry, my point was when you're talking about playing Cocker in the position. To me, we shouldn't have to be doing that. Because there's a guy there that should be tailor made for these for that position, and and I I, I would wonder why he's he's not in the team. Sorry, Joe. I would just go. Would would you both play a back four against Celtic? Yes. Um, Because I think I think the the back three with those wing backs is too easily exposed. Yeah, we need need to do something different. Again, Mm. it's a bit it's a bit strange because there's two games back to back, and I would think. He probably won't play the same in the league game as a cup game. But if you take the cup game as the big game, that's one. Again, Robbie might be accused of overthinking it, but that's one that maybe needs something. Needs something different. One of five four one. Beat them, not them out of the cup. I'd go five or four, four one. five one or, or, four, or, or something four, five, like that. Something. Yep. It needs something I'd, different. Yeah. I'd play the two lines, defence and midfield, a lot tighter. The problem we've got right now is our midfield don't track runners. We are not good if if you've got a, a runner from from midfield. Um, for the opposition in a decent side, we don't track them. Whether it's not so, you can't get away with with playing the way we've been playing with just two in the centre midfield. So either five four one or four five one against Celtic. You've still got you've still got pace. You still you can still have on the counter attack. Um, you can still make your team selection that involves either Gino or Kual or whoever with with pace as an outball, but. I, th- I still think at times we try to score the perfect goal and try to play perfect football all the time. You can it's, be a little bit more direct at times, and it's not a bad thing. I, I absolutely, I found I was um, saying that during the, the the Motherwell game is that when we we took we take far recently we've been taking far too many touches, especially in the defensive third, yeah, which allows yeah. opposition to get set. And then when we do get the ball into the final third, it means that we have to play like the perfect passage of play to open up. And then you just, sometimes you're thinking, there was, there was one moment that really frustrated me in the first half was Barry Mackay cut in or he got the ball just in kind of the like inside left channel. And you're thinking, just shoot. 
just shoot. And that's something that I think someone someone else someone raised one of um, one of the replies to the tweet, um, and I looked at it. We're not very um, in terms of shots. I think we're fourth um, fourth in the league for the most amount of shots in the Premiership, and then and then just, you switch to shots outside the uh, the box. Fourth, um, like the fourth fewest, uh, and I do think sometimes we can just because, for example, against Motherwell, they just got men behind the body, um, men behind the ball. Just like sometimes, just 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 have a dig. But I've just been looking at the squad for the last ten minutes, and my head sore. I just, I, just, I honestly <laughs> just don't know what 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 eleven to pick because you you look at it at this moment in time. Who are the definite starters? Clark, Rolls, and Shankland on like on form, deserved form. Mm. No one yeah. else of, of who we've got available, or in general, yeah. when everyone's fit. Just, 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 just at the moment, who we've who well, we have but, available. So, what do you do with Rolls if he's got a broken toe? Give him an ejection and play him. <laughs> <laughs> I, think you play, I think. I, I, I think if you can, you play him. Yeah. At, um, against St. Johnson, leave him out the Celtic League game and playing in the play him in the cup tie and take it and take it from there. I think I think that's a must actually. You have to, especially with Halk out. Um, you, you saw on yeah. Sunday, Obika and uh, Van Veen uh, bullied Hill, Sibic, and uh, Kingsley, and just there was yeah. no one took control at the back. And you just if if Halkett's not fit, then um, maybe <laughs> maybe not good for uh, Kai, uh, Kai's um, toe, but just get him fit. Robbie's mentioned that Oda is a project. That first half against Livingston hasn't helped. His cause could St Johnston at home be a possibility for him? Yeah, I would yeah. say going back on my going back on my eleven, which I'll no doubt do for the next uh, two weeks. I would be uh, more inclined to to see him because he's he has looked he has looked lively. He looked lively against Hamilton. Um, he's mobile. Uh, I think he's a better technical player than from what I've seen than both Janelli and Humphreys. You playing him or are you? Uh... You're keeping him on the bench right now. And if you don't play him against St. Johnston at home, Ewan, when do the likes of Oda or Kual become contenders for starting spots? He was in my, you weren't listening. He was in my team. I would play him right of the front three against St. Johnston. Sorry, 100% I would play him. Because you're not a Geno um, fan, are you? No, I'm not, no. But, but I suspect he may play, but I would play Oda. He, he's had two things. One, uh, totally different, um, world and football and world he's come into. Um, I felt a bit sorry for him. I don't think Livingston's a place to start your first game. I thought that was no, difficult. No, not um, But also, I think I'm right in saying he hadn't played football since November. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, when he came over. So that was going to take a bit of time. But he he has played a decent amount of first-team football. You know, he's 21. He's not he's not 17, 18. Um, I think a home game against St. Johnson is entirely the, the kind of game, again, without seeing him in training, Um He's done little bits that make me think he's worth he's worth a chance sooner rather than later, and I, and I would play him in this game. And also, it gives maybe Robbie doesn't think like this. He, he's got to be focused on just winning the game, but you can give supporters a lift by doing something like that. Mm-hmm. You guy in the team at home, it, you know, it lifts the atmosphere a little bit. Maybe maybe that's not the way people look at it, but I would think it would add a bit of energy to the crowd and to the ground if if you know this new guy is is, is starting starting at home as he hasn't done yet. So yeah, I would I would put him in the team. Yeah, especially Joel, if you've if you've come off the back of a bad away game, the fans are clamouring for change. Something different, why not? Yes, and uh, I've, I've, I've flip flopped that. I reckon a four three three. Oda, 
Oda, Oda, Janelli and uh, Shankland uh, in the front three and then Snodgrass, Halliday and Grant in the midfield three. Who's the back? You know, Mark, what this actually, you, you know what this actually proves? And this, I think this it's is... Difficult. A, it's difficult. It, it's difficult. It's a big squad. And, yeah. And, and, at, and at this level, obviously, there, there's not loads between a lot of the players. We're, we're speaking about guys we think are off the boil or maybe need a change. But it, it's difficult. For, it's going to be difficult for Robbie, for any manager, to keep everyone... Happy. It's it's a big squad, a lot of a lot of available players, and and that brings mm. its own complications, as, as we're just badly explaining. Yeah, well, we've got we've got a couple of weeks before St Johnston make the trip down the M90 to Tynecastle, and because none of us can agree what to do, I think we'll leave it there, and we will say that although he's still only days old, maybe the best option. To select the team against St Johnston is to leave it in the capable hands of young Callum Lewis Dunsire. Congrats again to Laurie and to Gail and welcome to young Callum. That'll do it for this week. Normally Laurie's got some smart-ass outro. I'm just going to say thank you to you and Murray. Thank you to Joel Sked. We will be back next week. God knows who with. If Dunsar's going to be here or not, whether it's Dunsar Senior or Dunsar Junior, McGowan might even say hi. Who knows? But no game to preview this weekend, so we can simmer in that shite from Fur Park for another few days. Bye for now. Tell me Like you're something else Where you are and where it's at You see, you're making me Laugh out when you strike your pose Take off all your preppy clothes You know you're not fooling anyone When you be